The concerns over relations with China are growing, not just from the current crackdown on tech companies, although that certainly had an impact on equities, bonds and the US dollar today, with the Aussie dollar also brought down by all this negative sentiment. Then there's rising COVID concerns in the US and a longer lockdown for Sydney and surrounds. Economic data has been taking a bit of a backseat today, but we'll look at it anyway, including what to expect from Aussie CPI today. There's a fairly broad range of estimates on that one. And the FOMC meeting tomorrow morning, almost certainly taper-free. It's Wednesday, the 28th of July, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, today the U.S. dollar is down a quarter percent on the DXY, with the U.S. dollar up over 0.4 percent on the CNY, uh, but down 0.6 percent against the Japanese yen. The falling CNY seems to have dragged the Aussie down as well. It's losing 0.3 percent, but the euro is up 0.2 percent. The pound up over half a percent. So interesting stuff going on this morning. Big falls in bond yields as well, down five basis points on 10-year treasuries. With stocks down, we've got a 1.2 percent fall in the Nasdaq, 0.6 percent for the S&P. 500, 0.2% down for the Dow. They've all picked up a little bit in the last hour or so, but it is the same story in Europe. Shares down. The Eurostoxx 50 is down 0.9%. The FTSE 100 down 0.4%. Oil down a bit too, just 0.1% for Brent, 0.4% for WTI. So let's talk about all of this with Ray Atrell from NAB in Sydney. Uh, look, we had another big fall yeah, yesterday on the Hang Seng as well, um, but it, looking in the US, 10 cent uh, down another 5%. Alibaba also down 4.2%. That's more than 12% in the last five days. So China-related stocks are hurting, but also the U.S. dollar. There's this risk-off mood, isn't there, with the uh, with the U.S. dollar uh, also falling, uh, curiously, which is we don't see that happen often. But this is all to do with China and its crackdown on tech companies. But there seems to be a, a heck of a lot of contagion around this now, doesn't there? No, there certainly does. Yeah, good morning, Phil. And, and, and just, you know, before we get into the to that on the dollar side, it, it is curious to see the US dollar weaker. But when you look at the breakdown of the dollar and look at the Swiss franc and the Japanese yen, which are the other two major safe haven currencies, they have both um, strengthened quite substantially. So just mathematically, that has put downward pressure on the dollar, which, uh, which, which, as you say, looks counterintuitive. So, um, but yes, definitely, risk off is the uh, is definitely the tone pervading markets, and was really under well underway. <coughs> excuse me, during our time zone yesterday with both Shanghai and the Hang Seng Index under a fair bit of pressure, and that really accelerated uh, into the close, perhaps not helped towards the end by, by a headline saying that the uh, the first trial and um, under the new Hong Kong securities law had found uh, had found the, mm. um, the, the defendant uh, guilty. Um, but I think really, yeah. you know, that was, that was probably incidental to the moves. And this is all stemming from the crackdown um, by the Chinese authorities on initially the technology sector, which I think we all know about, but obviously over the weekend, you know, extending to, to things like the education sector and also property management. And, uh, you know, so if I look at something like the NASDAQ um, Dragon Index, I think it's called, that's uh, so the Golden Dragon Index, it's, it's down something like 20%. Um, and the suggestion that um, there was a suggestion, or certainly Bloomberg was suggesting that the US investors were starting to pull out of, uh, of Chinese, uh, Chinese technology and other stocks, you know, and I think that's where the sort of spillover through to the broader tech sector which has obviously hit the uh, hit the Nasdaq in particular this, after, uh, this evening. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if China is going to be too upset about that. I mean, they're, 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 are they really cracking down on tech companies or are they really cracking down on tech companies that got sizable investments from overseas? So if overseas investors pull out, maybe it's job done as far as, uh, well, as, far as they're concerned. 
Yes, possibly. I mean, the, the justification of this is, is that, uh, you know, the claim is that they are, are looking to, you know, to support the middle class and <clears throat> in the interest of social justice. And they don't want, you know, big companies to be effectively exploiting, um, you know, exploiting the populace by, you know, by making profits that they don't think are, are, you know, are deemed appropriate. So um, so there are all sorts of obviously sort of political angles to this as well. But, um, but it does make but yes, it an investment it risk, doesn't it? I mean, and beyond that, you know, you mentioned the, the case of that... Uh, that 23-year-old who's been found guilty under their national security law, he could go to prison for seven years up to up to a life in prison. So that, that just adds to the perception of risk, I guess, in doing business with China. And they are adding uh, supposedly more Chinese national laws into Hong Kong. They're going to uh, decide that in the middle of next month, 17th to the 20th of August. Plus... You know, it was reported uh, in the Wall Street Journal today, satellite images show China building a lot of new silos for launching nuclear missiles. The Global Times saying the U.S. is now treating them as their number one adversary, and that's triggered a sense of urgency to accelerate efforts to improve their nuclear deterrence. It just goes from bad to worse, doesn't it? Yes, I think, uh, you know, just, you know, just what you said at the beginning of that sentence, you know, the biggest single risk that foreign investors or investors anywhere face when deciding whether to invest in, in whatever market it is, is regulatory risk. Okay, mm. so you can do all your, you can do all your fundamental analysis, or you can look at your charts or however you choose to, uh, you know, to invest your money. Um, but there, there's no accounting for the risk that, uh, you know, that, that a, an authority at home or abroad is going to come along and impose a new regulatory regime, which is going yeah. to say, pull the rug from under your investment. And I think that in a word, probably sums up um, a lot of what we're seeing, particularly with respect to foreign investors, you know, pulling out of uh, particularly of, of, of say, Chinese yeah. listed uh, yeah. shares is, in the US. And that has a, a much longer time frame. All the other stuff, hopefully, will is just bluster and it'll, it'll, it'll just blow over at some point. But look, uh, with the, 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 as a sign of the risk, I mean, Tesla reported very strong earnings yesterday, a dollar forty-five earnings per share against 95 cents that was expected. Their, their stock was up 0.9% in early trading. But now it's down 2%. And uh, then we've got bond yields too, uh, you know, big shift in bond yields. So is this all just the, the follow-on from the China story? Um, to some extent, I think it is. Um, I mean, certainly so it's put sort of COVID news on the back seat where the, where the news is actually mm. quite mixed, isn't it? The UK news, you know, yeah. it's pretty good with infections now, I think below 25,000 on the latest count. You know, that's almost half what it was sort of a week and a half, two weeks ago. Uh, but you look at the US and, uh, and the case numbers there are rising. I think I've just seen you know, above 60,000 and, you know, we've obviously had, uh, you know, all this talk about um, you know, the pandemic of the unvaccinated. But to be fair, it hasn't really impacted uh, impacted on markets to date because, you know, those numbers have been rising and we've seen, you know, successive daily record highs for the US uh, stock markets. So I think you have to say this is all, you know, this has very much got an Asian epicenter to it and uh, not much beyond that. Well, see, yeah, it, on the on the vaccine news in the US, the uh, CDC has, uh, is about to hold a press conference where they're going to tell people they need to mask up again uh, if they're indoors, even if they've been vaccinated. This is the first press conference they've held uh, for for two months when they were telling people they didn't need to wear a mask anymore. And uh, in the UK, well, the good news is not only another month and uh, another day where the, the numbers have gone down, but also there's concern about rising hospitalisation numbers. They revealed today that actually half those people who've got COVID in hospital actually got it in hospital. They went in with some, something else. Uh, it was good news or bad news, but I mean, at least they're not getting it in the in the community. So, 
so that's positive, I guess. But, you know, on the home front, Sydney and Surround, you know, we're going to find out we've got four more weeks of, of, of lockdown. The focus is on vaccines, obviously, which is a bit late because uh, that's not going to be sorted out in four weeks. So uh, the, the real timetable for Australia isn't clear, is it? And so what's the, what's the imp- economic impact of that going to be? Well, it's going to be it's going to be significant, and I think that you know we all know that that the Q3 GDP, um, you know, driven by you know the numbers of somewhere between ten and twenty billion dollar economic hit, um, you know, certainly through the third quarter. Although you know what um, uh, Premier um, Berejiklian announced this today, particularly with respect to construction, so you know, roughly half of the of the expected economic hit that's coming through at the moment is coming from uh, from shutdown to the construction sector. So whether there's any any relief there, uh, particularly sort of in terms of activity outside of those directly affected local government areas, I think will will have some bearing on um, you know on the economic impact of this, and obviously whether you know the risk is that it's going to spill over you know not just through August, which uh, so that was the the the, uh, the media yesterday reporting that she will announce the lockdown. Um, would extend for four weeks from this Friday, but um, you know there are obviously you know, suggestions that it could run on into the fourth quarter, and that's where the you know the R word recession, defined as two quarters of consecutive negative growth, you know comes into play. But at, at the moment, our you know our baseline view is that we are going to see something like a two two and a half percent hit. To, to GDP in the third quarter, but are still assuming that we're going to get that bounce back in the fourth quarter. But obviously, if lockdowns are going to extend beyond September, um, then obviously that changes the, uh, the mathematics quite dramatically. And yeah, the IMF uh, issued their upgraded forecast today. They upgraded the uh, growth for Australia from 4.5% to 5.3%. They might have beaten their own record for publishing something which is already out of date. Uh, look, economics news is really taking a back seat, isn't it? Consumer confidence from the conference board rose. Uh, the job Jobs Plentiful Index is at a, a two-decade high, and the durable goods orders trended higher, although a little bit below expectations, but not far below expectations. Uh, so, you know, good economic news, but obviously not having much impact. No, not really. I mean, those durable goods orders, <coughs> excuse me, were probably the highlight, and, and they did come in a fair bit um, below expectations on the headline, although the, uh, the the number, I think, that, that's worth focusing on there is called Capital Goods X Defence X Aircraft. So you're taking mm. out the really lumpy items that can be very, very volatile and impact the headline numbers and that was 0.5 on the month which was a couple of tenths uh, below expectations but the previous month was revised up by 0.4 so net net actually a little bit better than expected and uh, yes consumer so despite that uh, that covid news uh, in, in the us that you've just mentioned consumer confidence 129.1 um, so an improvement, actually, and it was expected to fall back five or six points. So, um, no, so at the moment, the uh, you know the suggestion that the new kind of forms of social restriction, mask wearing, you know, are going to be mandated in in, in some parts of the world, doesn't seem to be dampening um, you know the U.S. consumers' uh, willingness and enthusiasm to go out and spend, and and also the Richmond yeah. Fed Manufacturing Index twenty seven from um, an upward revised previous twenty six. So, uh, so in general, yes, the uh, there's no obvious concerns there about the momentum behind the US economy just for the well, moment. Right, least. now, Aussie CPI this morning, given all that's going on, is it the important number? Is it going to be market moving in any way? Well, just going back to the New Zealand numbers that we had last week, I mean, the margin of error mm. <laughs> in terms of you know the outcome versus consensus expectations was something like 0.6%, which is, uh, you know, a, I don't know what that is, a three or four sigma event, as they would say. So, um, so the potential for a surprise is obviously great. And there's a lot of uncertainty about how things like the, the winding down of home builder is going, to, is going to pick up and exactly how things like the changes in uh, childcare 
where um, the expenses will play through and also what's happening with rents. So, um, you know, so we won't go through all the, the entrails of our forecast, but, uh, you know, the market's looking for a 0.6, I think, on the headline and, and 0.5 on the trimmed mean. Um, you know, the, the headline number is going to, you know, undoubtedly jump, we think, to 3.7 from 1.1, but more interest in how much of an increase we see in that trimmed mean number. But, um, but yes, the, the potential for surprise is, is, is pretty is pretty big. So inevitably, there'll be a little bit of market reaction. But I think, as you say, uh, immediate implications, I think, are limited. And, you know, already the, you know, the market has, as has have we, have, have decided that it's pretty unlikely that the RBA, you know, is going to go ahead yet with the tapering of its QE bond purchases. And uh, frankly, with uh, with what's happening with, with lockdowns and the th- Q3 economic impact, I doubt the CPI, number, CPI numbers are going to change that equation. Mm, all right. And uh, Canada's CPI as well uh, later on today. And tomorrow morning, the FOMC just ahead of the uh, the podcast tomorrow morning with Jerome Powell's press conference as well. So we'll listen out for that one. No, actually, that would be, you know, that obviously is going to be important. I mean, we're not expecting, um, you know, the to announce that uh, the so-called substantial progress as a prerequisite requisite for um for for tapering is going to be met so um don't think it's going no. to be a big one but obviously the j power press conference is, is still going to be important and i'm sure markets will find something to uh, to trade out of that for sure you're getting here first good show ray thanks phil and look on corporate earnings these numbers are in now ahead of expectations on every count uh, for the big players microsoft revenue 46.2 billion versus 44.3 billion expected alphabet revenues 61.8 billion versus 56 point Two was expected, and Google smashed it, sixty-one point eight billion versus fifty-six point two billion. So maybe that's going to help shares for a bit. Anyway, that's it for today. Back again tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then.